Welcome to the Connection Point Church Podcast. We hope to be an encouragement throughout your week. New episodes are available every Sunday evening and Thursday evening. We also invite you to join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. One more time, put your hands together. Thank the Lord. Amen, amen. Remain standing with me. Amen. I want to just tell you, thank you for being with us. If you are visiting with us, we are so glad you're here at Connection Point Church. Can we give our guests and our visitors a round of applause? So glad you're here. Amen. It was about one year ago this time that I received a voicemail on my phone, and uh, I was in the line at the bank, and we were in the middle of our time of prayer and fasting, and didn't feel like being bothered with a number that was uh, unidentified. I didn't know the number. And I began to look down at the message, and it's a very, um, very unique and uh, message on that. And it was, it was an evangelist that was reaching out to speak to me. And uh, I, I gave him a call. We connected later that evening, had never met him, had never spoken to him. But all I can say is that over the course of that conversation, uh, our guest speaker today, uh, evangelist Marcus Baptiste, uh, spoke uh, profound words into my life. And I believe he has a prophetic voice in my life and in this church. And we had him here for services last year. And I can just only say that the way God used him was in all the years I've been around, one of the most unique moves of God I've ever seen. And so we are so privileged to have him with us. We just want God to have his way. Amen. His lovely wife is here with us. They're, they're traveling with us all the way from Sanford, Florida. It's a lot warmer in Sanford, Florida right now than it is here. And so they're sacrificing to be with us. But we are so grateful that they would take time out of their schedule. And they preach all over the world and all over the country. And but we are honored and we are blessed uh, to have them with us. These are truly just wonderful people and so glad that God made a connection with their ministry to this church. Amen. And I believe, it is a, I believe it's a kingdom connection. And so I hope you've come to receive a word from the Lord. We're just going to just get rid of the expectations and let God have his way. But if you would, would you greet this wonderful couple, Brother Marcus Baptiste, as he comes to preach the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's all right. But can you clap your hands unto Jesus if you love him this morning? Thank you, Jesus. While you're clapping your hands, can you just say thank you, Jesus? Come on. That sounds good. Why don't you lift your voice and just tell him, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. What a, what a privilege. I, I, I mean that with all sincerity it is to be here today. Uh, I was telling my wife how excited uh, I was just to come up. Uh, I know it sounds crazy to leave Florida to come up here. It's cold. Hey, Amen. We, we didn't start the car this morning. You just don't do that in Florida. You just kind of jump in. Uh, I mean, we're, we're really bad. Uh, both our parents uh, aren't from the country. So uh, when you're raised in a foreign household, uh, they don't know what it's like to put the air condition on uh, below 77. So uh, so we were kind of just we're just used to just tropical weather. Uh, but uh, we were just so excited to come up here. And uh, I, I'm so thankful uh, for Connection Point and what you guys are doing. How many guys know this is more than just a church? Amen. But this is a kingdom thing, and uh, I am so thankful that this is here. I love the spirit of worship and the new faces that's in the building. Uh, if you do it right the first time, we won't have to do it again. But how many of you guys are thankful for your pastor and his family? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, love them dearly. Uh, we've connected uh, not many times, but um, uh, like he says, my, my wife will tell you I'm an introvert uh, by nature. Uh, and he, the Lord called me to be an evangelist, and so that was kind of, uh, we had some disagreements on that, but he won. Uh, and uh, I, I don't have many people that uh, I just, you know, you just kind of feel connected to, but uh, I, I really feel like I'm blessed to be here, uh, not necessarily um, because of everything that is here right now, but because of just what this church is growing to become. And uh, that is just such a privilege on my end, and I just can't wait, uh, like we've already seen, to hear the reports that are going to come in. Uh, I'm so thankful uh, when you guys get a new building. How about that? 
All right. <laughs> I'm so thankful, so thankful to uh, when those reports are going to come in because uh, uh, we're we're growing. Uh, this isn't a small church. This isn't. This is a growing church. This is a growing church, and so so thankful to be a part of a growing church. Amen. Uh, I know you guys uh, don't 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 know me, so I won't take too much of your time. But uh, if you could take your attention to Matthew chapter 13. Uh, if I preach better this time around, it's because my wife's with me. So thankful she came up this time. Uh, she kind of, she has a little scorecard she puts up while I'm preaching to let me know if I'm doing any good. So it uh, kind of helps. Uh, Matthew chapter 13. Uh, look at the person next to you. Tell them, preach with the preachers. Just elbow them. Just say, tell them, preach with the preacher. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 13 and a verse three. Matthew chapter 13 in verse three this is jesus speaking and uh, we're going to dive right into this it's 10 36 uh, i am aware of the time but if you just give me a few moments i believe the lord's going to help us this morning and he spake many things unto them in parables saying behold a sower went forth to sow and when he sowed some seeds fell by the wayside and the fowl came and devoured them up some fell up upon stony place where they had not much earth and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth and when the sun was up they were scorched and because they had no roots they withered away and some fell among thorns and the thorns sprung up and choked them but others fell into good ground everybody say good ground everybody say good ground some fell into good ground and brought forth fruit some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. I'm, I'm excited today uh, just to kind of uh, broach uh, this door, I guess you would call it a revelation of seeds and seasons, seeds and seasons. I, I know we've already prayed, but I just want you to set your Bibles down and you're such a powerful church. I don't want just me or your pastor to pray. I want you to use your voice because God hears you when you pray. Can you close your eyes and can you lift your hands? And you might not know what to say, but I just want you to lift your voice and tell God, God, whatever you want to do in the next few moments, I want you to do it in me. Come on, church. That sounds beautiful. I want you to use your voice and just begin to tell God, God, whatever you want to do in the next few minutes, God. Father, this morning we submit ourselves to you, God. God, in our frailty, we submit ourselves to you. God, that you would have your way in everything that you would do today. God, I thank you. God, that you have a clear word for families, for marriages, God, for minds and hearts, that every individual here, God, won't get lost in the crowd, but God, your kingdom sees them in their entirety, God, and you're going to speak a clear word into their heart. God, I thank you for transformation that's going to take place this morning. Father, I rejoice for those that you're going to fill with the Holy Ghost and those that will be buried in your name. Convict our hearts. Let it go past our intellect and settle into our spirits, God. We worship you. Come on, one more time. Can we just praise the Lord? Clap your hands and lift your voice and praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody shout seeds and seasons. Seeds and seasons. Look at two or three people. Tell them you look great today and you may be seated. If I can get a little bit more help on the monitors, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Thank you so much. Seeds and seasons. Uh, there, there's a few things that we have to acknowledge in our process of growing in the kingdom. Awesome. Uh, this is exactly what it is. It is it is a process. Everybody say process. It is a process contrary to what we'd like it to be, contrary to what we want it to be. This is a process. And when Jesus speaks to his disciples, he begins to broach the subject of the word of God. 
We know this because later in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus explains exactly what he's speaking about. But in Matthew chapter 13, verse 3, Jesus begins to uh, speak on a parable. Uh, so interesting uh, to see that you guys are going to be dealing with parables here in a little bit. And uh, I want you to realize that when Jesus is speaking, he begins to talk about a sower who goes forth to sow. Because that's what sowers do. The sower goes forth to sow. And when he sowed, he sowed with seeds. So we have a sower who's sowing, and he's sowing with seeds. This dynamic seems very simple, but at times we can lose the revelation that is seen in simplicity. The sower is the man or the person who sows the word of God. And he is sowing the word of God amongst the hearts of individuals. This is something that we see happening throughout the scripture. Jesus goes from city to city as a sower. And he sows the word. He sows seeds into the heart of men. And what is unique about this is that Jesus begins to explain that although the sower goes out and sows seeds, he sows in about four different arenas or four different types of ground. And these various types of ground produce different results. Uh, there has been uh, there has been a notion that has settled amongst us as Christians that the growth that takes place in our personal lives lies solely upon the shoulders of the preacher. And can I tell you, your preacher bears great responsibility to make sure that he's not sowing good concepts because the seeds that Jesus is speaking about is not pop culture that has been wrapped up into a 30-minute message. It's not new psychology that we add scriptures to to make it more palatable. That's not what it is. But it is the word of God that your preacher has been instructed to teach from in season and out of season. You better make sure that you are going and attending a church that is willing to feed you the truths of the scripture. Amen. Amen. I know it's not everything you want to eat all the time, but for your own development, we're not just trying to alter your mind, but we are trying to transform you. And transformation only happens with the word of God. Everybody said amen. Amen. There, that, 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 that responsibility that your preacher bears to make sure that he's instructing you, that he's correcting you, that he is sometimes rebuking you. That's what, uh, that's what Paul would tell Timothy with the word of God. It is a great responsibility. But the responsibility of your own personal growth does not solely lie on the shoulders of your preacher, not, does not solely lie on the shoulders of your pastor's wife. The growth of your kids, can I talk to you this morning, does not solely lie on what your Sunday school department does or does not do. But there is a responsibility that is placed on the recipient to make sure that their heart is in right condition so that when the seed begins to connect with the soil of your heart, that there is fruit that would be produced. How many of you guys want to be productive Amen. if you want to be productive say I want to be productive I want to be productive I don't I don't want to go my whole life and not be productive more than that and specifically I want to be productive in the kingdom and and we got to be cautious that, 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 that we have a proper balance between between powerful moves of God and the consistent discipline that is required from the believer because only the marrying of the two will ensure that you have proper kingdom growth. We're not just trying to teach you how to do church better. It's not the objective. Now, can I tell you, we, we, we ought to have good church. And really what we mean by that is that when we assemble 
together. There should be evidence that the Lord is amongst us. And how do we know that? We, we go through the book of Acts and we begin to acknowledge the points that when God showed up, how did God uniquely manifest his presence as evidence that he was there? Can I tell you that you cannot analyze the scriptures or the book of Acts and not see that every single time that they gathered together, there was evidence that God had been in their midst, whether it was with an abrupt of praise and worship, whether it was with the infilling of the Holy Ghost, whether it was with signs and wonders, whether there was deliverance that took place, there should always be evidence when you and I assembled together in the house of God that God was there. Are you with me this morning? Amen. There should always be evidence. Can I tell you, we are reaching for a place that we do not have Sundays that go by and no one gets the Holy Ghost. We're reaching for a place that we don't have Sundays that go by and nobody gets baptized in Jesus' name. We're reaching for a place that we don't have Sundays that go by and nobody's delivered and marriages aren't restored and minds aren't healed because that is not in congruency with the biblical layout of what God does when he shows up. But the reason why we lift our hands and worship and we begin to magnify God and we have altar calls is because we are allowing God to demonstrate the reality that he has showed up in the room. Amen. That's exactly what we're trying to do. And so here, Jesus, he's sowing seed. And what you'll see here is that out of all the four soils that are mentioned, not one of them did not receive the word. Everybody say they received the word. Everybody say they received the word. Can I tell you, uh, when we receive things from the kingdom, this is not a passive action. Receiving is not passive. This is a very proactive word. When you receive from the scripture, it doesn't mean that you just heard what God said. Because there's a lot of people that heard what God said. It's not just that you had, a, you, you had an intellectual experience with what God said. But there is a spiritual thing that has taken place that has allowed you to receive. It requires action on your end. Amen. Man, this is this is why this is why we do things. And and if you guys weren't raised in a Pentecostal church, uh, I, I most of my life from from one area or another, I, most of my influence has been through a Pentecostal church. Uh, but there's a lot of churches that they operate in different ways. And I want to be very clear on why we do what we do because there should be a method to the madness. The reason why you talk back to the preacher is because you're just receiving the word. That's a, it's a, well, don't get me wrong. It does make me feel a little better, but <laughs> I'd be lying if I told you it did it. But that's not the premier point. You are proactively receiving. It's an amen to the word. It's a, it's, it's a grasping. It's a, it's a by faith declaration. Hey, I receive that. You want to get used to receiving things in church. When your pastor declares something from this pulpit that you believe, you, you better not sit there and your pastor's talking about growth in marriages and family and you just kind of let it go by. Just. But you need to proactively receive it. And we're going to practice it. If your pastor says something, it's like, man, that's for me and my family. Here's what you say. You say, hey, Amen. there you go. Why? Because I'm receiving the word. It's not just a mental experience. He's not just giving me a good point, but I'm receiving. This is a substance of faith. Can I tell you, the word of God is substance. Everybody shout substance. substance. The word of God, substance. I, 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 I have to hit this because most of what we're doing behind the pulpit is we are counteracting culture with a higher culture. And not all culture is masqueraded in deviancy or masqueraded in the corrosive uh, nature of uh, explicit sin. Some culture is just religious culture. But any culture that's not kingdom culture is bad culture. Okay. 
I don't care if it's Midwest culture. I don't care if it's Southern culture. I don't care if it's American culture. I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican culture. If it's not kingdom culture, it's not good culture. There will always be deficiency if it's not kingdom culture. And can I tell you, in kingdom culture, when we are dealing with the word of God, we are superseding what is merely said by intellect. But we are dealing with spiritual substances. That's why Jesus said, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear. Why? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. What do you mean he that hath an ear ear to hear, let him hear? That sounds redundant. (laughs) What do you have somebody with like doing sign language interpreting for you, Jesus? I mean, I don't think that was the case. He's obviously not talking about natural ears because anyone who had the ability to hear him had natural ears. But he's talking about a spiritual principle. That if you have a spiritual ability... To receive what God is saying. Receive it. Everybody shout receive it. it. You have to take it in. It's not passive. You got to take it in. This is is why any time God speaks a seed to someone, whether it's to Abraham, whether it's to Isaac or Jacob, whether it's to the 12 apostles, whether it's to anyone in the New Testament, there is an action that they take to display the reality that they are receiving the word. It's what they're doing. And doing that requires room. You have to make room for the word. Amen. Now, here's the benefit of being an evangelist. I got a flight tomorrow. Praise God. Amen. So if I say anything that offends you, I get to fly out. Amen. Now, your pastor, if he says something, he has to be back in the pulpit the next service. Amen. So I'm going to say some things that it might offend you, but just stay with me. If, I, if, the, if I'm wrong in my analysis of the scripture, then you rebuke me. But if I'm right, just hold, even if it hurts, just hold on to it a little bit. You know, it'll get better as it goes. Is that okay? Amen. I want to turn your attention to a pastor. Is this all right? This is all right. I'm comfortable. I love doing this. It feels like, you know, anyways, having a good time. All right. Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four. Second Kings chapter four. Uh, I want to I I tell you what's happening here. This is, uh, this is the story of what we call the Shunammite woman. Now, now Shunammite is not a curse word. Uh, this is, uh, this is a, this is, you guys can laugh. It's okay. We're in church. Uh, this is a, a race of people. And this Shunammite woman, uh, she comes into contact with what we would call a, a prophet. This was a man who declared the word of God in the Old Testament. And so she comes across this prophet, this particular prophet, his name is Elisha and she interacts with Elisha she interacts with Elisha and and while she's interacting with Elisha she's having uh, uh let's go ahead and read it uh second Kings chapter 4 verse 8 if you have your Bibles I want you to turn there uh, you could pull it on your phone you could flip through the through, flip through the pages if you have a physical copy but I want you to read this with me I don't want you to think I'm making this up this is in your Bible second Kings chapter 4 and we're going to start in verse 8. 2 Kings chapter 4. We're going to start with verse 8. Now, awesome. Thank you all. Oh, they're quick on the draw. And the Bible says, and it fell on a day that Elisha passed to, to Shunem, where, uh, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth, which, uh, which passeth by us continually. So I want you to see what I want to paint you a picture of what's taking place. So here's this prophet, this prophet, this man of God. He comes through this city occasionally. And it seems as if he comes through on a consistent basis. And every single time they come through, they sit down at the house and they eat bread. Now, I don't know if bread is a substitute for another word, because to be honest, I'm just not trying to eat bread at dinner just continually. You know, I hope bread is like a substitute, like a catch-all phrase, like, you know, bread and like meat and I don't know vegetables just just bread just seems a little redundant but that's what that's what the scripture says so they come here and they're eating bread the bible says that uh after a while now now this is the value of a great wife because the husband doesn't say this the wife says it all the wives say amen 
Amen. And here's the wife, and the wife begins to say, hey, listen, th- this, is, this, is a, this is a holy man of God. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, you, 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 and we have to be cautious of this, you judged what was going on by the man. Okay. But in the New Testament, we transition from judging what's going on by the word. This is why we don't follow personality. We follow principle. Okay, so in Second Kings chapter four, uh, they're, 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 they're seeing that this is a holy man. And, and I, I want I want to tell you this. You ought to have a proper respect for uh, for the office of your pastor. But beyond who he is, you need to acknowledge what he's saying. If it's principled, if it's in the scripture, there's something about you that should have the same attitude that this woman has and says, listen, What's being told to us, this is a holy thing. This is a good thing that's being told to us. Can I tell you, we should never lose reverence for the things that are holy. It, it, we we, we, we got to be cautious in, 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 in trying to update and modernize and create comfort in the church that we don't decrease the, 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 the reverence that we have for things that are holy. Holy things should always be respected and appreciated. Your scriptures, your, that, that Bible that you have, don't, don't take that for granted. Right? That, that is a holy thing. Can I tell you what else is a holy thing? This church, not the building, but the body of believers, it is a holy thing. We ought to treat each other with reverence because we have a proper value on what's holy. Amen. Amen. And so here's what the scripture says. Bible says in verse 10, I want you to see this. Can you read this with me? Let's, let's read this together. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there. Are y'all reading? Yeah. Y'all reading? Why is it so quiet? Y'all supposed to be reading with me. I feel like a teacher. I turn my back. Everybody just. <laughs> I want you guys to read this with me, okay? Read it out loud with me. All right, we're going to start together. We're gonna, I'm going to conduct this, all right? Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Right? Thither's a little fancy, but that doesn't mean he'll turn in here. And so, so here, here, here's this, here's this very, uh, here's this, here's this very uh, uh, powerful woman who gets revelation. She says, "Listen, this is a holy thing." And, 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 and I, I don't want, I don't want this holy man just, just to stop by just for a little bit and leave because before when he would come, he, he would stay long enough to fellowship with us. But, but, but I want him to have free reign in my house. So, so I, I, I don't want to just, I don't want to just hear what he has to say. I want to make room for the messenger. This, this is what New Testament or 21st century Christianity needs to look like. We need to constantly be making room for the message. It's not something we just eat every once in a while and we come to church and we consume it and, and, and we partake of it in God's house. It needs to be something that we make room in our house. We need to make room for the messenger. That's a good place to clap. Amen. Because Amen. I received that, right? We, we need to make room for the messenger. And can I tell you, that's inconvenient. That's inconvenient. Let me think about it. I mean, this is so typical, right? Wife approached the husband to remodel something. <laughs> and I can imagine the husband, oh, great. Something else you want me to fix, change, or, you know. But, but, but she had a revelation. I want the messenger to stay with us. I, I want a permanent place for the messenger to abide. Are you making room for the messenger? Not here. Not here. Not in God's house. Because there's always going to be bread in God's house. I'm asking about your house. Are you making room? Are you making inconvenient choices to make sure that there is room for the messenger? There you go. <laughs> See, we're, we're getting this down here. We, 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 we got to make room for the messenger. I could imagine it cost them something. You know, I, I don't know if you're, me and my wife are in the market for a house. And I'm telling you what, if you got one, you better thank God because it's expensive to buy one right now. 
It costs something, right? There was a time where lumber was so expensive. Some of you guys are probably in the industry working with lumber. It was ex- because it costs something to build. It's not cheap. Can I tell you, walking with God is not cheap. It's, it's, it costs something. But, but there is reward to sacrifice. Isn't it so interesting that when the woman and the husband make room for the man, God does not allow them to add to their house for him without adding to their house for them. They make room for the man. And while they're working on adding for what belongs to God, God, the prophet turns around and says, what do you need? Woman says, I don't need anything. But then here's, here's what the prophet says. The prophet says, listen, God's going to bless you with a child. Wow. Because she made room for the message, God began to bless her womb. And can I tell you, there is generational blessing attached to when we make room for what God is saying. And every parent should say, Man, when you make room, when we go home and make decisions to alter things so that we can progress spiritually, God allows our kids to be blessed because of that. You guys are fasting and praying 10 days. That's not convenient unless you're a liar because we all like food. (laughs) Amen. I don't care what, I don't care what, even if it's a preacher, preachers don't like to fast. It's not fun. Showing up to prayer, got a service at 6 p.m. That's not fun. Some of you guys had things you were doing. I mean, it's NFL playoff season right now. Some of you guys, things you got things you wanted to go, but guess what you're doing? You're making a decision. I'm making room for the message. Making room for it. And I'm believing that God is going to, I got to run quickly. Time is evading me. And so, and so we, we, we have to realize that receiving is not passive. Everybody say it's not passive. It's proactive. proactive. You have to ask yourself, how are we making room? How, 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 how? When, when, when pastor gets done preaching a great word, you have to ask yourself, how are we making room? What, what are we changing at home? What are we we changing at home to make sure I know there will be times where pastor will talk about things that you don't want him talking about? You know why? Because he's getting in your house. We don't want him to get in our house. (laughs) We just want him to stay outside the house. You just shout from the outside. We didn't let you in. But if he's going to pass you, there's going to be times where he gets in your home. He's dealing with your marriage, dealing with our character, dealing with our anger, dealing with how we dress, and dealing with what we're doing, dealing with our motives, dealing with how we conduct ourselves, dealing with our finances. Why? Because it's God's will that he gets in our home. It's God's will. You cannot want the blessings of God, but try to bypass the process of God. God, if you want God to bless your home, let the messenger in. Let the, you want God to bless, how many of you guys want God to bless your home? Let the messenger in. I know it's not comfortable. It'll cost you something, but let the messenger in. I got to move quickly. Here, here's something else I want us to see, that when Jesus begins to talk about this parable, now I haven't gotten into these different types of soil. I don't have time to do that, but, but I just want to talk about the principle of seed and seasons. Uh, when Jesus is talking about this parable, and he's throwing seed on four different ground. Right? He's throwing seed on four different ground. There's a process that's not seen, but, but it's, it's almost, uh, it's, 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 um, uh, it's, it's, we take it for granted, but, but it's there. And that is a process called time. Time's not talked about in this. But anyone who knows anything about seed, I mean, this is, this is the Midwest. Y'all should know more about this than I do. We're driving, my Lord, all these fields. <laughs> Praise God. I was like, I, I couldn't tell you, I don't, I don't know what, what's, what's in there. I don't know how those things work. Praise God. Outside of buying stuff in a grocery store, that's, that's my extent of knowledge on agriculture. But uh, there's, there's this process called time and seasons, right? Right, it's cold. There's, 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 no, there's, no, there's no product or, or productivity happening in those fields right now from what we can see. Because it's in a season. It's in a season. And what we don't get as Christians, seasons don't last forever. They, 
they don't last forever. Okay. And we have to be comfortable sowing in unpleasant seasons. Why? Because a person of faith looks beyond the season they're in. And they look at the season that God told them would come. And they prepare for that. Can I tell you, can I speak by faith to this church, this right here? It's amazing, but it's just a season. This is, this is just a season. This, 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 this is beautiful. You guys are a lovely congregation. This is a gorgeous building, but, but don't get too comfortable because this is just a season. We're not going to be here forever. The reason why we're fasting and we're praying is because we're preparing ourselves for what God wants to give us. This, this right here, this, this is just a season. This, the small groups we have, the it's all a season. It's God saying, hey, this is where you're at right now. But one day you won't be there. Can I encourage you, if you've walked in this place and sometimes you see Pentecostals and, and you can see pastor and his wife and, and your marriage is dysfunctional and you feel like I don't fit here and I don't belong and, and, and I'm not I'm not that spiritual it's okay you're just in a season and the powerful thing is if you will stay faithful in that season God will bring you to another season let's clap our hands to that thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus it's it's all right it's all right if things take time I know we don't, as Pentecostals, as, as Western Christians, we don't like that. We want everything to happen right now. Listen, and I'm telling you, because I've been there, right? I've been frustrated. God, why are you moving so slow? I've seen semi-trucks going uphill that'll move faster. Why are you moving so slow, God? Should have worked on this already. Been praying about this already. But it's Okay. It's just a season. And if you're faithful, you will outlast the pain that comes with time. And God will bring you into a different season. God will bring you into a different season. I'm so thankful to be here because, because your pastor and other men of God and, 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 and not even preachers, but saints, some of you guys, you've been, you've been throwing seed into the region you've been throwing seed into the city and sometimes the issue with seed is the second you plant it you can't see it anymore. what do you do with seed you can't see you trust the process what do you what do you do what do you do with seed you can't see you trust the process Got to make sure that ground is right, but you trust the process. And we've been, we've been casting seed. We've been, we've been speaking things by faith. And can I tell you, while we got to hold on to what God told us. This is not it. I just want you to preach with me. Touch somebody next to you. Tell them this isn't it. Now, don't look at me. Touch somebody tell it next to you. Don't be afraid of them. They won't hit you. I'm right here. They won't do it. Tell them this isn't it. This isn't it. This is just a season. It's a good season. But this isn't it. This is just a in season. And by faith, we believe that God is going to do what it here's what's so powerful. Because to the ground that is right, and to the and to the soil that says consistent through seasons. The Bible says that some gave 30-fold, some gave 60-fold, some gave a hundredfold. But you know what? None of them gave zero. If you'll stay faithful, I, I don't, listen, I don't know how good God's going to be to you. I just know he'll be good. <laughs> I don't know how much God's going to do it, but I know he's going to do it. Right? I don't know how much blessing's going to come. I just know we're going to be blessed. Because we stayed faithful to the season, and we made sure we kept the ground right. Church, this is a season. You know, how, how, how big is Connection Point's going to get? I don't know. I just know it's going to get bigger. How powerful are we going to be? I don't know how powerful we're going to be. I just know we're going to be powerful. How much of our family is going to come to church and receive the Holy Ghost and get baptized in Jesus? I don't know. I just know they're coming. You can stand with me. I want you to get used to the reality of understanding we're transitioning out 
we're transitioning out. We're, 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 we're not staying here. Your spiritual condition, you ought to make up in your mind. We're not staying here. The spiritual state of our marriages and our families, we're not staying there. Our, the, the, the condition of our mental health, we're not staying there. This is just a season. And we're going to be faithful to get the soil right. But when it's time for that season to change, I don't know if you feel the Holy Ghost, but I just feel the Holy Ghost. When it comes time for that season to change and for God to produce fruit, I can't tell you how good it's going to be. All I know, it's going to be good. <laughs> it's going to be good. I wish you'd just lift your hands and say, it's going to be good. When God does it, I can't tell you how great it's going to be. All I know, it's going to be great. When God transitions this church into a greater level, I don't know how powerful it's going to be. All I can tell you is it's going to be powerful. I just want you to lift your voice. And can we thank him in faith right now? Come on. Come on, that's it. You sound lovely. I want you to lift your voice and just tell them, can you thank them, God? I thank you for what you're going to do when we leave this season. We're not going to wait till we get to the next season. You begin to add a blessing to us. No, right now, in this season, we are thanking you because we understand it's going to be a good thing. God, you're going to do a good thing. Amen, amen, amen. One more time, clap your hand all across the building if you receive that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to pray here. Uh, we're going to pray here. And uh, I, I want to I want to present us an opportunity to receive what God has for us. I want to present us with an opportunity to receive what God has for us. Uh, there's a few things that I want to target specifically. A few things I want to target specifically. Uh, and so just bear with me here. I won't take too much of your time. But we're going to make room. Is that okay? We're going to make room. All right. Uh, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that scares you, the Holy Spirit. If you've never received the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I want you to have that experience today. You're saying, preacher, I've been, I've been trying to get it for a while, and I haven't. That's okay. I've been there, and the Lord took me through a process, and God filled me with the Spirit. You know what? He wants to, he wants to give you that experience today. Today. Everybody say today. 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 It, should, it should not be uncomfortable for us when we talk about the, sp the spirit of God filling people. It shouldn't be uncomfortable for you because that is, that, is, that is part of our culture. That is part of the culture of the kingdom. Now, it might be uncomfortable for people who aren't in, in the culture, but you guys are in the culture. So it is natural for us to talk about God filling people with his spirit. If you're saying, uh, Brother Baptiste, listen, uh, it's, it's an experience I've never had, but I'd like to receive it. Or you're saying it's an experience I've never had, but it's, it's just it's a little weird. Here's the truth. It is. All right. I'm not one of these preachers. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> but it's a good thing. <laughs> You know, and I'm glad God does different things, right? It's a good thing. I want you to receive the Spirit of God with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. This is not, uh, this is not something that we force. It's not something we make happen. But like receiving, like I spoke about, like receiving, we just make room for it. We make room for it. We simply make room for it. And when we make room for it, God does what he has to do. When we make room, God moves in. All right. And so we're just going to make room and God's going to move. And I've already asked your pastors if there's people here that need the Holy Ghost. And I know there's people in the building that need the spirit of God. Uh, if, if you're in the room and it's been a very long time since you've had a breakthrough in prayer. What, what, what are you talking about? Where you've had a moment where you've connected with God and you were praying in the spirit that that those tongues were just flowing. And you just felt like. I'm connected. I'm not talking about, you know, sometimes we go through those seasons where it's cold, right? And you're praying. It's just like, I just can't connect. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you felt a connection with God. Okay. If, if it's been a long time for you, okay, God's going God's gonna, to uh, renew that connection. Uh, if, 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 uh, if, if you have a, a family situation that you need resolved, and I see a lot of beautiful young, young families in the room. If you have a family, God wants to help you. But you know how this is? I know sometimes we kind of make this uh, like, uh, like some magical deal. It's not magical. It's principle. It's kingdom principle. But you know what you're going to do? When you surrender and when you give up of yourself, God has room to move in. And his character has room to manifest. 
So here's what we're going to do. I, I want you to grab the person by your hand, by the, that's next to you by the hand. I want you to say, come to the front with me. Just tell them, come to the front with me. Now, some of you guys are scared to your neighbor. Some of you husbands look like your wife has just been beating you. And just blink twice, okay? <laughs> but I want you to pull them by the hand and say, come to the front with me. Come to the front with me. I know some of you guys <clears throat> uh, think we need a lot going on, right, for God to fill people with the Holy Ghost. But that's not how that works. We just need to make room for him. That's why we worship. That's why we praise. That's making room. Right? That's why the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. Right? Don't, don't settle for less than what God has for you. Has for you and your family. It's not because the kingdom is about us. It's because we're in the kingdom. And if we're in the kingdom, there's promises and privileges that God has afforded us. There's responsibilities and rules, yes, but there's promises and privileges that God has afforded us. And so we're going to make room for him. If you're down here because you've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, first off, I don't want you to feel, uh, I don't want you to feel out of place. First off, I want you to feel special because God's been waiting on you for a while. He's been waiting to connect with you on this level for a while. Uh, if, if you're down here for that, I'm just going to talk to you really quick. Some of the biggest hindrance that happens when it comes to receiving the Holy Ghost is just giving ourselves over to God. Can I tell you, uh, the Holy Ghost is not tongues. But when you get the Holy Ghost, you're going to speak in tongues. It is the evidence. So it's like I, I, I bought this iPad, and if I went to the Apple store, or I, I think I got this at Best Buy. If I went to Best Buy and I'm walking out with the iPad... And that alarm starts going off. The first thing I'm going to do is pull out what? A receipt. Because the receipt is evidence that this is mine. That's what tongues is. Tongues is the receipt. It's proof. It's proof of what? That I got the Holy Ghost. It's mine. What's the Holy Ghost? Love, peace, joy, righteousness. It's proof I got it. This is mine. I have access to it. So when you're praying to receive the Spirit of God, I don't want you focusing on speaking in tongues. Sometimes that's the greatest hindrance. We focus on speaking in tongues. Don't focus on that. That's the evidence. I want you to focus on the substance. I want you to get your mind on Jesus. What I tell people all the time, I, I mean, I, I love praying with people to receive the Holy Ghost because it's, it's God's greatest gift to us. People say, well, well, I don't know if I need it. Even if you didn't need it, why wouldn't you want it? It's his greatest gift. What I tell people to do all the time, and I love doing it with them because it's, it's such a personal thing. We could do it corporately, but it becomes personal. I just tell them, hey, you don't have to do it right now, but in a little bit we'll do it. I just tell them, hey, I want you to lift your hands, and I want you to imagine you're standing before Jesus. I want you to imagine you're standing before the cross. Here's what's so beautiful about it. If you were the only one on the earth, he'd do that for you. When you start doing that, you're not begging to get anything. I I just want you to tell, what would you say to Jesus if there was no one else in the room and you were just standing before the cross? You would just tell him, thank you. And as you begin to use your words, well, why do we have to do that? Because receiving is not passive, it's proactive. As you begin to use your words and you begin to say, thank you, Jesus, for what? For Calvary. Thank you, Jesus, for what? For loving me. Thank you, Jesus, why? Because he didn't let me do what I wanted to do to myself. Thank you, Jesus, for what? For never looking down on me. How many of you just feel the Holy Ghost? Can we just do that for a moment? Can we just lift our hands? Just, can we just, just for a moment? Just because it's just such an amazing thing to do. Can you just begin to thank your Father, to thank your King? Come on, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit. God, I thank you for never giving up on me, God, when I wanted to give up on myself. God, I thank you for your presence, Father. God, I thank you that you've been faithful to us. Uh, thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Ghost already. Thank you, Jesus. You can set your hands down. We're, we're going to do that again, but I just want to give you some more instruction. Some of you are down here. You're down here as a family, and your family needs a breakthrough. Right? Your home needs a breakthrough. 
you don't need you don't need to well, first off the reason why i'm here is because i'm not a special preacher you know god uses me so he can let other people know you don't got to be special to it. you don't need a special someone to make it happen you're powerful you have the spirit of god on the inside you just got to make room for him that's why we pray that's why we fast we're making room if you're down here your family needs a breakthrough we're going to begin to worship god i just want you to worship god with your family and i want you to begin to surrender things okay i want you to be honest with god some of you know what you need to be surrendering god I, i surrender this anger issue i've been dealing with the last few weeks i don't know where it's coming from but god i surrender it to you god i surrender this discord that's just stepped into our family god it's come out of nowhere but god i surrender it to you and as we start making room god is going to start filling those voids He's going to start filling the void. I'm just so excited what God's about to do right now. If you're standing next to your family, you can get close to them. If you're standing here because you need something personal, we're all, we all have different needs, but the same God's going to meet every need. If you need the, if you need the spirit of God, because you've never received it with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I'm going to come down and pray with you and God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's not going to take too long. We might talk a little bit just to help, but God's going to fill you with the spirit of God. But God sees every need across this place and he's going to meet it. So just here in a little bit, we're going to worship just like you were doing. Okay. I don't want you to get distracted by time. We are going to make room for God. You're going to use your voice till you feel that connection. Till that spirit starts flowing out. You start speaking in tongues again and you begin to connect with the king. And he's going to fill the void as we make room. The sower is going to start putting seed where there's anger. He's going to start putting peace. Where there's discord, he's going to start putting unity. So one more time, they're going to sing just to, give us a, just to give us a place, just to mask our voice so we can begin to talk to him. But I don't want you to pray quietly. One more time, can you lift your hands? Can you lift your hands? Can you close your eyes? And I just want you to begin to worship the Lord. I want you to lift your voice. You might not feel anything at first. That's okay. Just keep on doing it. It might take a few minutes before you feel that connection. But this is a worshiping church. So I want you to lift your voice. That's it all across the building. We might have to work a little bit, but that's okay. We're going to make room for the Spirit of God. I just want you to tell God.